Welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Jeff Brownson, and I'm your host. In addition to creating a new episode for you every other week, my full-time job is managing the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. That group is made up of over 60,000 people who travel the world using miles and points. Our group members not only love to learn about award travel, but they're happy to share, teach, and help others learn to travel the world on any budget. This podcast not only gets into the details of award travel and using miles and points, but it also takes a look at my life running a Facebook group full-time and the lives of our members as they travel the world. Before we get started, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. The Award Travel 101 podcast is brought to you by Fuel Rewards Pro. Drive a company car or rent a car for work? For a limited time only, get a personal sign-up bonus of $0.25 cents per gallon after your first work fill-up. Go to fuelrewards.com pro to register for a free Fuel Rewards Pro account today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. Today we're doing another version of our, I guess not another version, but another one of our Meet the Moderators episodes. Our last one went great, and then a few weeks after that, that moderator left, so I'm hoping that won't be the case this time. But today we have one of our longtime moderators and a great friend of mine, Tony Perkins. So welcome to the show, Tony. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. We want to uh, get this episode going and chat a little bit about your life and uh, how you got into miles and points and some travel that you've done, because you have uh, a couple of interesting things that you do that a lot of people don't, um, and we'll get into that. But we really just want the listeners to know who it is that's helping to approve or deny their posts and keep their comments on track and make sure everybody's being friendly and nice in our Facebook groups. So uh, we'll get going with, uh, let, let's start with your background. Where where were you born and raised? Where did you grow up? All right. So um, I was born in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, we didn't live there too terribly long. I don't remember anything about it. Um, some point we kind of, we moved around Arizona a little bit. And then um, when my dad was like a thousand years old, he decided to go back to medical school. Um, so we ended up moving to Missouri, who's actually, who's 29, but back then, like that was ancient to start medical school. So we moved to Missouri and we lived there for several years and then we headed back to Arizona and just kind of, he did, um, his residency and started a practice and stuff there. And then at some point we moved to Utah, but I, um, I wasn't there very long. I got married quickly uh, right after I graduated high school and then um, ended up in, let's see, we lived in Wyoming for about five years and then we lived in Colorado for, uh, I think a little over five years and then ended up back in Utah. So that's my life in a nutshell. So when people ask me where I grew up, I'm like, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of come circle, full circle, I guess, since you got married from Utah around and back to Utah. Um, I, I like how you said your dad was like a thousand years old and then went on to say that he was 29. 
uh, which I think that's like the the little kid version of man, those people are old, and they turn out yeah, they're twenty nine or. Um, but uh, he, he, you're right; it is a, a little later than most start medical school. Um, but yeah. it worked out, and he, he got that. And then you ended up. Uh, you said you got married just after high school. Was that correct? Yeah. Yep. I let's see. I graduated. Oh, like last year or something, I think it was maybe two years ago. <laughs> um, yeah. So I graduated and then, yeah, I was married a year later. So <laughs> I was yeah, and I'm not sure if people are going to believe that. Uh, I'm not sure they'll believe that you graduated last year or the year before when they see how old your kids are. That math just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, <laughs> I think, but, you know, we can always dream, right? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it feels like yesterday, so that that's what I meant. It feels like last year. <laughs> so, talking about your kids, um, how many kids do you have? Yeah. Okay. So I have four kids. Um, my oldest, he's twelve and a half, and then I have a so I have a boy, and then I have a nine year old son, um, a seven year old son, and then a five year old daughter. So they're they're still pretty. Um, young, but the, you know, having a almost teenager until when we travel has been like life changing. Yeah, absolutely. I now, uh, as of last month now have two teenagers at 13 and 15 and there's, there's different attitudes and different interests and different, um, I mean, they're still great to travel with. They've been traveling their whole lives, uh, pretty much, but it's there's some new challenges as they get into those teen years with the the hormones and the attitudes and the um yeah. embarrassment from everything that you do i'm sure <laughs> for sure yeah i think um i think i have i've been pretty lucky my oldest he's like he's kind of a unicorn child he was the so i the reason he's such a good teenager so far though is because he was a terrible terrible toddler like the worst toddler ever so I like paid my dues now he's a really great like tween but um I think the best part is just like just having them carry their own stuff that is huge I look back at like photos with these like four babies and I would take you know three car seats with me when we would travel and it was just like I would get to the airport just like drenched in sweat absolutely exhausted and yeah, so just like the little things, like having them carry their own stuff is huge. Yeah, we got, we have uh, e-bags, backpacks that we travel with as carry-ons. And we got those for our kids when they were young. And I think my son was probably four or five when he started carrying my youngest, when yeah. he started carrying all his stuff. And if it was a long trek through an airport, I would end up taking the bag from him. But it was comical watching him with it because it was the same size as the backpack my wife is carrying yeah. or my, I'm carrying. Yeah, they're not tall. But it's, I, I mean, it's on a four or five-year-old. So it went from his shoulders <laughs> down to like his knees and he would just like tromp along through the airport, cheery as could be. And, I mean, his oh, clothes didn't weigh that much. And so it wasn't right. really heavy. But yeah, when they can carry their own stuff, that's great. And it was I, when we went to Spain a couple of years ago um, and I had broken my collarbone right before the trip. It was even better to have kids that were a little bit older because they had to carry all my stuff, too. But <laughs> I, I felt that I, I definitely got a lot of weird looks. I made sure anytime we were going in or out of hotels, I had my arm in the sling because. Like, <laughs> 
if if I didn't, I got a lot of strange looks as my wife and kids were carrying all these bags and I was just walking along carrying nothing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's, um, man, I look back to like, so one, one of my kind of like pro tips is bringing a stroller. That goes against like what most people think. They're like, oh, that's just more stuff. It's just like another thing to haul around. But I actually love, like even now that my daughter's five and she doesn't ride in a stroller at all, I just like load my like little stroller up with everything I can and then use, you know, just use my stroller to push everything. And generally airports, you know, don't care because my daughter's still little enough, to, according to them, like I have a need for this stroller. So that's been a huge lifesaver. We, <laughs> we have this giant like um, double side-by-side Bob jogging stroller. And we used to like when our babies were really little, my husband would travel with us um, to certain places too. And we would just like, we'd wear the babies and just like load that stroller up with like car seats and luggage and all of our junk. It was so convenient <laughs> until- And you can fit and, a lot in that. Yeah. Oh, so much. The only problem was like in small places like Paris, there were several times we would get to like the metro station and it wouldn't fit through like any of the entrances. So we'd have to like fold it up and like lift it up and over the gates. And it there was a few times we were like, oh my gosh, what have we done? But for the most part, yeah, bringing a stroller, like just do it. It's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned the Bob stroller because I re- when you said strollers and carrying all sorts of stuff, I distinctly remember the first time that we went to Disney without a stroller. And we were just like, wait, we have to carry all this stuff now? <laughs> we didn't know what to do. We were like, we have to carry the, the, the diaper bag or we have to carry the... I guess when we had a diaper bag, we probably still had the stroller, but we had to carry backpacks and we had to carry food and we had to carry souvenirs. Yeah. The strollers make sense. This should roll around. And we also had, we had borrowed a, just a single Bob stroller from a friend of ours. And we, we treated it as a member of the family. We would park it and then we would go on a ride and we would come out of the ride and we'd be like, Bob, where are you, Bob, Bob. And then we eventually realized that people probably thought we lost a child, but it was, we were just looking for a stroller. We always joke around Bob. Bob's like our other, like our favorite child because he doesn't like cry and whine. He's been kind of stuck. In, he's like Harry Potter right now living in the basement or the cupboard under the stairs though. So Bob. Yeah, Bob was definitely the best behaved child on that vacation for us. And it's funny how the stroller becomes a, a, a part of your life. So so clearly you've been traveling a lot with your kids, and we'll talk a little bit about the extended trips you do in a minute. But when did you get into, or when did you personally start traveling with, I guess, traveling as a whole, and then also using miles and points and loyalty programs to to counteract the costs of travel? Right, right. Um, so my husband, he, so we started traveling when my husband, um, he served in the military for like 12 years and he was deployed for a year. Um, let's see, my oldest was, he had just turned three and our baby was three months old. And so he, um, yeah, so he was deployed for a year. And, um, so what everyone had always told us is like the hardest part of the deployment isn't actually them being gone. It's like readjusting when they come home. It's really, really hard. So we, um, we just kind of decided that the best thing we could do is just take a trip together and kind of like rekindle our relationship, get to know each other again, rather than just throwing him like right back into, you know, here's these 
toddlers that you, you know, you don't really know anymore and they don't know you and just throwing it right back in. So we, um, we booked this really crazy trip to Europe, like three weeks long, bless my parents. They are good people. They watched my kids. Um, so yes, we went to Europe and all over for about three weeks. The problem was that it was just like crazy, crazy expensive. We didn't know anything about traveling, like about getting deals, nothing. We just like, it was so expensive. So we kind of realized that, you know, like these kind of trips are going to be like once every, you know, five years kind of things because it was so expensive, but we had definitely caught the travel bug. So then, yeah. So it was, um, it was something you loved, but you knew you weren't going to be able to afford it. And right. kind of how a lot of people right. get in into this kind of thing that you just want to make it cheaper so that you can travel more and more and more. Right, right. Well, and you know, the other problem was leaving behind two really young children with my parents for three weeks. Like that was just, it was so hard. It was hard for them. It was hard for us. It was hard for my parents. Like it was not an ideal situation. So then we were like, okay, if we want to travel again, we're going to have to bring our kids with us. So let's double the cost of everything now. And we were just like, this is, you know, like just not going to be something we get to do very often. So a few years down the road, I was chit-chatting with my cousin And, um, they're in college at the time, just like, you know, poor college kids. And she's like, Oh yeah, we're going to Spain. And I'm like, how are you going to Spain? Like you're poor. (laughs) And then she was like, Oh, and then we're going to Hawaii. My husband got like first class flights. And I was like, wait, what, what is going on here? And she's like, what's this thing called like travel hacking or something? I don't really know, but we get like credit cards. And then I just like my, I just died inside. I was like, Oh no, she's like a Satanist and worships the devil because she has a credit card. Cause like my whole life growing up, like credit cards were the devil. Only bad people had credit cards. Right. So I'm just like, I'm still just like confused while she's telling me this story. And um, finally she's like, you know what? Just talk to my husband about it. He can explain it way better. So I called him and we ended up talking for probably three hours that night. And from then on, like, I think that night I signed up like for a ward wallet um, and started getting all like signing up for all these accounts and putting my accounts like into a ward wallet. And just like right away, like back then, I think you would get like, you know, 50 points if you signed up for a new United account, things like that. And I just, yeah, I just started going crazy and, uh, it's been seven years and I haven't slowed down. <laughs> yeah. I remember those, you would sign up for an account and get uh, some of them were like 500 points or I think when I signed yeah. up for an aeroplan account, I got 500 points and then I didn't use it for yeah. a couple of years and my points expired. And, but you know, it was <laughs> 500 points. So I had to sign up for it. And I did that with a few different accounts. Yep. No, there used to be like, I think I want to say like Southwest actually had like 500 points when you signed up for like a rapid rewards account. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and back then, um, yeah, Southwest was, really, I mean, it's still a great program and everything, but I always was able to find really, really dirt cheap point flights with Southwest back, back in the day when I didn't have as many kids. Yeah. They used to have, I mean, we used them when we were in college and it was back when you got flight credits rather than points. And it was, it was mm-hmm. so cheap because it would be 29 or $39 one way flights and you get a flight credit. And when you got I don't remember. I think it was like eight of those. You got a free flight or something. But if you got bumped from a flight, you got another flight credit or another free flight. Or there were times when my oh, wife, I think, paid twenty nine dollars for a flight, and ended up with five or six free flights out of the deal. So we used to love so Southwest. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and then they they kind of went away and got a little more expensive, and they weren't useful for us. And we 
weren't in college anymore. And then now that we've moved back into loyalty programs, so I say now that we haven't, it's been about 10 years since I've been in this game. Um, but right. now that we're back in this, Southwest is a, a thing again. And I'm like, ooh, Southwest flights, yay. <laughs> and we, we fly them again regularly. But some people stay away from Southwest because they don't want to deal with the no assigned seats and this and that. But like, I, I feel like that's how my wife and I started out flying. So we're we're perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah, I totally don't get that logic. I'm like, oh, darn, I can't sit with my kids. Someone else gets to babysit them. Good luck. Totally kidding. Never done that. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, so this is interesting enough. We don't, we really don't use Southwest um, almost ever these days. And I've actually never had the companion pass. I've never um, really found a great use for it. Uh, I've used Southwest very few times to um, get to like a gateway city. Most of the time I'm able to find all my um, flights and everything on a single ticket though. So yeah, I really haven't, I haven't jumped on the Southwest bandwagon like a lot of people have. And I know there's some amazing uses for it out there, but yeah, just haven't, haven't had a need for it. Yeah. And this is an interesting conversation for this time of year. I actually just started a a thread in the Award Travel 101 Facebook group today about the Southwest Companion Pass, because this is the time of year a lot of people start thinking about that and trying to earn the points, Mm -hmm. um, whether it be through the new credit card bonuses or through spending so that they can get the Companion Pass starting as early in the year next year as they can. Um, Mm -hmm. I also have never had a Southwest Companion Pass. We fly Southwest what? sometimes, I but if I if I had a companion pass, I don't know who I would make my companion. If it would be my wife or one of my children, or if we would try and get one for her too, and then we would each have the kids okay. as a companion. And then when we traveled together, we'd have to switch companions, but we'd already have flights booked. Or It just seems complex. And it's always been a case of I I kind of put it off and I think well, maybe I'll get it next year. Maybe we'll have a lot of domestic travel planned. Maybe we'll, maybe it'll work out for us. And it just never has mm-hmm. because without fail, by the time it, it comes time to think about it, I've got three or four big international trips booked in the next year. And I'm not going to have time to take that many domestic hops. And I, I once again think, well, maybe next year. And now the points are going up. You have to earn <laughs> 125000 instead of 110000 wow. next year. And Eventually, the companion pass is going to go away, and I'm going to be sitting here thinking, I never had that. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I know some people get, like, great, great value with the companion pass. Um, I think, for me, we do, um, like, almost all of our travel is international. So, you know, um, Southwest is, obviously, they have very few international destinations. Um, And another thing, like I mentioned, is, like, using them to get to a gateway city uh, to find, you know, better flights internationally and stuff. But really... Um, I have really good luck finding the flights I need all on one ticket out of Salt Lake City. So, you know, looks like I'm not going to be pursuing it anytime soon either. <laughs> yeah, so that's a it's a good thing for people to think about for uh, the listeners to think about is that you read, especially this time of year, so many blog posts and articles and posts and Facebook groups about this companion pass. And it almost gets you into a mindset. Oh, I have to get this. I need this. I need this. But I, here we are, two people who have been in the miles and points game and travel a lot with our families, and we've never had it, and we don't have plans to get it. And it's just an example of uh, do what makes sense for you. 
not just because everyone's saying the companion pass is a great deal. And believe me, I think it's a great deal if you're going to fly domestically or if you can use that or if you're a couple who's traveling or if you travel a lot with just one other person, it's it's it can't be beat. It's basically two for one flights. But for a lot of people, it just doesn't make sense. And you'll spend the time and the effort to get it and find you use it three or four times. And you'll just be sad that you put all that time and effort into it. So so do what makes right, yeah, sense I for think, you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big thing in this whole like game. I remember when I first started, everyone called um, Sky Miles like Sky Pesos, which they still do, right? And I just had it in my head like, I never even really like researched it that much. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, these miles suck. I don't need these miles. Right. And, um, then, you know, I kind of started delving more into the program and finding like better and better usage uses of them and stuff. And it just, um, yeah, it kind of goes to show like, there's a lot of like trends in this, the, the, you know, the whole points and miles world. And you get kind of caught up in them. Like you said, everyone's like, Oh, I have to get the companion pass. I have to get the companion pass. Well, yes, you can find like great value out of it. But there's also, there's a huge opportunity cost. Um, Cause like you said, what is it? A hundred, it's 125,000, 120, 125,000 125, miles points now. points for right. and 2020. Then, you know, you're going to be, yeah. And then, um, you know, you're going to be using, your you know slots towards your 524 that might be huge for you that might not be that important but um yeah there's there can be a huge opportunity cost with it you need to figure out what your goals are and then like evaluate those goals and and make a plan i think um more than anything people always come to me right off the bat like oh which card should i get and i'm like i don't know and they're like Wait, what do you mean you don't know and i'm like well where do you want to go? Like you need a goal. Don't just start mindlessly applying for cards. Like you need to set a goal and you need to start learning about these different programs and stuff because I can suggest cards that work great for me all day long, but this could be completely different. And, and especially me, I travel with five and six people. Um, so I have a very, very different strategy with points and miles than most most people in this game. So, um, yeah, set a goal and, and start learning and developing a strategy. Don't just start applying for cards. Yeah. And especially people ask like, what's the best airline card? I mean, there's a lot of questions you have to ask about that because it depends on where you're flying out of. Like we could say specifically, I, I know we're talking about Southwest a lot, but you could say getting a Southwest card or a Southwest companion pass but if Southwest doesn't fly to your city or they have very few flights, then that would be a terrible idea for you. It just wouldn't get you there. Or like right. getting the American Air Card so that you can fly or, or British Air Mile uh, Avios so that you can fly on American Air flights um, all the time out of someplace like Chicago may not be that great an idea because that's a United hub and there's going to be a lot more United flights there. But so there's a lot of uh, things you have to think and what's the best situation for you. And then with a conversation, we can often recommend, give a better recommendation of a card, but just a flat, what's the best card? It's, it's very hard to do. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit into, um, we, we got, went down the hole there a little bit about loyalty programs and credit cards, but let's get back to the, the travel side of things because you do something, you had mentioned that you travel a lot internationally. You do something that I think a lot of people with kids look up to and wish that they would be able to do or wish they had, uh, I guess, the guts to do. But you take uh, quite extended trips with your four kids, um, and a lot of that time your husband is not there. 
So talk a little bit about how you started doing that or what those, how those trips came about, why you do them, how it works, and, and what you think the value in those is. Okay, yeah. So um, a little back history. So we, uh, let's see, we lived in Colorado for several years, like I mentioned earlier. And we had this, it's, it's really a kind of crazy, weird story. But um, we had built our house there. We wanted to live there forever. We loved it, all that. But my husband, he works in gas and oil, and he travels a ton. Um, I've gone like months without seeing him before. So I feel like I always need to um, start with that because my situation is a lot different than others. I am very used to being alone with my children. Um, Not to downplay like what it is or my accomplishments with that either. Like it's still, I'll, I'll get into more. I just wanted to say that he travels a lot. So we lived in Colorado. I am no family or anything like that. Um, kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere. And it just got to this point where it was just like, so overwhelming. Like I was there, you know, with four babies by myself, like just losing my mind. And, um, so we got this like crazy opportunity to move to, gosh, I don't even remember where it was now. It was like Mississippi or Louisiana, right over on the border. So we put our house up for sale and it sold super fast, just like right away. And then our plans to move to Mississippi fell through and we had like no backup plan here. Um, and we didn't put any kind of contingency in our plan to sell the house. So, so now um, you're homeless with four kids and a husband that travels. Yeah. And husband that travels. So we have nowhere to even like, oh, well, he is based out of this area. So let's just move there. Like, that's why we had moved to Colorado in the first place. That's why we moved to Wyoming. Like we'd move there, but he just worked everywhere and we'd never see him. So it didn't really matter if we moved for his job. Right. So now we're like, okay, well, we're homeless. (laughs) Don't know where to go. And we just kind of started, you know, thinking like, if you're going to be homeless, you might as well do it somewhere cool. So long story short, somehow we ended up, um, we all flew out to France together, um, including my husband. And my baby was like 17 months old at this time. My oldest was seven. So we flew to France, hopped in a car, drove out all the way to Croatia. We got there late at night. My husband dropped us off at our Airbnb and then slept a couple hours, hopped back in the car, drove back to France. It's like a 14 hour drive, but um, and then he flew home and well, and home as in he flew back to the United States and just worked. And we stayed in Europe for about two and a half months, just, you know, essentially living there, just me and my kids doing our thing, traveling around. And it was a, it was a crazy and such an incredible experience. Um, so yeah. So once that happened, uh, I was like addicted to it. I was like, okay, traveling with my kids, like I can do this. Um, so then, so Anyways, we ended up going back, ended up moving to Utah because I have family in Utah. So we ended up here and just yeah, every summer now I just have this itch. I'm like, I need to, I need to go and I know I can do it because I've done it before. So we've gone, we've spent four summers um, away. Um, so like I said, first summer we spent the majority in Croatia and France. And then the next summer we did like six weeks in Guatemala and two weeks in Colombia And then the next year we um, broke it up and we did like two weeks in Guatemala, two in Ecuador, two in Colombia, spent some time in Belize, just kind of hopped around. And then last year, once again, we went back to Guatemala and then we spent some time in Costa Rica. And then this year we'll probably end up back in Guatemala because we've just learned to really, really love it there. It's an incredible place. And I 
can't recommend it enough. And um, just to touch on that, like people like, oh, Guatemala, that's so scary. You know, I go there as a solo mom with four kids and I like it's I, I feel so safe there. And so it's wonderful. Like if, if safety is your concern, you don't need to be that doesn't need to be a worry. It's it's very safe. It's wonderful there. We love it. So. Yeah. yeah, and you hear about, in Guatemala, sometimes you hear about the crime or that they will rob the, the buses or the taxis or this and that, but those people aren't targeting the mom with four young kids because they know that you spend all your money on things for the kids, so they're not going to get anything. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're, they're going yeah. after uh, better targets than that. But I, I had a similar experience. I was only in Guatemala for a few days. I went to Antigua. I flew into Guatemala city and, and traveled between the two. And then a few days in Antigua, but I just felt that the people were so warm and kind and wonderful and so happy to see uh, people coming to visit that they could, they could show off their country and how wonderful it was. I just absolutely loved my time there. And Obviously, it hasn't isn't anywhere close to as long as the amount of time that you've spent there. But Central America and, and South America are some of my favorite places to travel in the world because it's just the kindness of the people and the experiences that you have there yeah. is just, it, it can't be duplicated anywhere else. Oh, yeah. For me, so like, there's just so many pros to Central America. Um, so Guatemala is on the same time zone, so I don't have to deal with the jet lag because that is brutal. We went to Iceland um, last year with our kids and we were there, well, just Europe and Iceland mostly, but um, we were there for 10 days and we never adjusted to the time change. Like 3 a.m. in Iceland, we're all laying in bed like, so um, what do you guys want to do? Like, <laughs> It is brutal. But so, so Central America, Guatemala, we're on the same time zone. It's so close to Salt Lake City. It's, um, it's like a two hour flight to Dallas. And then another two and a half hours of Guatemala City. So if we have like an emergency or something, we can get back really fast. Um, it's super convenient. So my husband, if he has the time, he can fly out and hang out with us for a few days and then fly back, you know. Um, it's cheap. Uh, and then you get, you know, you get like the mix of like you have the natural beauty with all kinds of um, like volcanoes. There's active volcanoes in Guatemala, you can hike them and just watch lava like spewing out all night long. And it's the most insane thing I've ever done in my life. Just incredible. Um, and you're a bit of a, a crazy volcano fan, right? You, you love your volcanoes? I do. I do. I told my husband, Nathan, that when I die, I want him to like throw my body in an active volcano. They, the only problem is you like would probably die trying to do that too, but you know, it's, it's worth it. So <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to throw it from quite far away. I think it gets a little bit warm right near the near the top of the active yeah. volcano where you could throw somebody in. Yeah, some gases and fumes, you know, will probably kill you before you can get close enough. But you know, it's I'll be dead. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a, a problem for him, not a problem for you. Right, right. Figure it out, babe. <laughs> So you don't have this, this coming summer, you don't have that trip planned yet, but you just assume you'll probably go back to Guatemala because that's where you end up and then explore yeah. a little bit more of that. What uh, would you say is the best trip that you've ever booked with points, whether it's just you or just you and your husband or the whole family? What's, what's your favorite trip that you've ever booked using your points that wouldn't have been possible without them? Oh man, all of them. But let me think. So. 
I mean, I wouldn't say it was my favorite trip, but this was a, it was a super great trip and it definitely wouldn't have been possible without points and miles. But two Christmases ago, we flew to Morocco and spent Christmas there. And that was a super neat experience. But, um, so just like the flights there, we flew into Europe, spent a bunch of time in France and then took some like cheap Norwegian air flights. I think it was, or it was like, um, Ryanair or something. I don't remember who it was, but we just paid for flights to get to Morocco and spent time in Morocco. And then we flew into Madrid and then we flew home. Well, to, um, we flew to Chicago on Iberia. And, um, so me and my husband and then our two littlest ones, we were in J business. So we had like the lie flat seats and everything. And then my two oldest were just right behind us in economy plus. And that's something we like would have never, ever even have a considered um before like points and miles like flying in business or even economy plus like no way but it was it was such a good deal it was when they were it's gone a lot more competitive and hard to find availability with iberia uh two years ago they would run and they still run specials but you could get business class seats for just like dirt cheap miles wise and they would open up six seats at a time and I did actually have the six seats, but I, you know, kind of dragged my feet on booking and ended up um, missing out on two of them, but I was able to get the other two in economy plus, but yeah, so that was a really crazy fun trip. And Morocco is a great place to go. If you have kids, like my kids loved it there. That's one of their favorite places. Oh, that's interesting. We, when we were in Spain a couple of years ago, we did just took the ferry over and did a, a day in Tangier and it was uh, after that day, my wife and I just said, we, yes, we absolutely need to come back and see more of this country. It was it was so cool and different from things that we had seen. And we would love to go back and explore other cities and even more of that city um, and definitely take the kids back with us when we go. So that's one, one of your better trips you've booked with the points and miles. What's What have you got coming up? What's the next thing that you're excited about? Do you have anything really cool booked? Okay, so I'm actually not going on this trip, but my husband and my two oldest boys are heading to Japan on Sunday, and they, um, they're they just flying, um, we used American Airline miles, and they're just flying economy there, but they're, they're, we're really excited about that trip, so that'll be super fun. Um, we have globalist status with Hyatt, so I think they're pretty excited to experience um, some of the Hyatt hotels there. I've heard that they're pretty epic. So that'll be super, super fun for them. Um, and then, so they'll be there for 10 days. And then in, at the end of January, I, um, jumped in on one of those, um, what was it? Those web specials for American airlines and was able to find, I didn't get the tickets that's to Hawaii. I didn't get the, um, gosh, I think they were like down to like 5,000 points yeah, five or six or miles. Thousand. Like something crazy like that, but I was able to get it for, I think I did them for like 10,000 um, points each way. So it was really great redemption. And uh, so, yeah, I've actually never been to Hawaii. So this will be my first time. So how many of you are going on that trip? Is that the whole family? Yeah, whole family, husband and all the kids are going. So, and I have nothing booked. That's how actually just last night we started booking rooms for Japan. Like that's how we roll. We just... <laughs> wait till the last minute and then when we're in panic mode we're like all right time to find somewhere to stay all right have to book have to book have to book I feel like I've done that a lot recently just because I've got so many trips on the on the books so many that are I'm planning all at once that it'll come up I'm just mm -hmm. a couple of weeks before and I'll be like oh yeah I have nowhere to stay these three nights of this trip oops 
Um, whereas I used to have everything yep. booked way oh. in advance. So I don't know, but I think with that also it's, we've become more comfortable travelers at this point where we know if we get there, there's going to be somewhere for us to stay. Like, well, it may not be the ideal location. It may not be the best place. It may not mean that each of the kids has a separate bed, but it's not like we're going to be sleeping in the streets. We'll figure something out. Right, right. I have a friend, the best advice she ever gave me was, you know, um, the only thing you really need when you travel is a passport and your credit card, everything else you can buy and figure out. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, uh, when I leave home, I used to check this whole long list of things. And now when I, once I have my bag packed and I'm heading out the door, I just look, I make sure I have uh, my passport and my phone. And because I can, yeah, right. No I can send an email. Figure it out a, on the way. I can get a new credit card sent. I can use Apple Pay. I can do whatever I I need. If I have those two things, I'm good. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I I have like a very nihilistic approach to like everything. So even with like traveling, I'm like, eh, we'll figure it out. Doesn't really matter. Eh, it doesn't really matter. We'll figure it out. Like that's how I I have an approach to it. It's. <laughs> It's definitely cost us more money sometimes in the long run because I get there like thinking, oh, you know, we'll just figure it out. It's fine. And then I'm like, oh, I really should have figured this out earlier. This is going to cost me a lot more money than I it would have if I would have planned better. But, you know, you give and take, I guess I save money in some areas and spend a fortune in others. So we have a that reminds me, we have like a little family curse um, where we love to like lose something really expensive on every trip we go on. So like when we were in Paris last Christmas, I lost my wedding ring. And then um, the year before in Guatemala, I um, I shoot with a professional um, full frame camera and my son knocked it over and destroyed like the aperture ring. And so, yeah. So like we've lost iPads and iPhones. So oh, nice. We, we've done similar fun. things. My, my son left an iPhone in a cab in Barcelona um, the cab from the airport at the beginning of our trip a few years ago. Uh, so we donated an iPhone. Uh, when I was in Hawaii, actually, I was climbing around on some tide pools, uh, lava tide pools, wearing flip-flops, which was a terrible choice. And I went down and slammed my camera into the lava underwater and soaked it. And yeah, that was a, a DSLR. And so that was the most expensive part of that trip. Um, yeah. This trip we just got back from, we didn't. We, we only lost a a smaller thing. My son, the very last day on the beach, he was super excited because we had been doing some snorkeling and he was wearing my wife's uh, diving goggles and using her snorkel because uh-huh. he didn't have his own. And we got to the beach and it had big waves. So he grabbed the goggles and put them on and came out and was like, ha ha, the water will get in my face. This is great. And we were like, don't lose those goggles. And sure enough, three waves uh-huh. later, the goggles were gone. <laughs> But my wife had had those for many years. So now she gets some new dive goggles and it isn't a a crazy expensive thing. And we still, we had a great time. So it's, I mean, it's not a huge loss. Right, right. There you go. Yeah. I, I don't know. Some days I just like think we should just bring nothing with us because we, well, that same Paris trip where I lost my wedding ring, like I lost so much crap on that trip. Like it's still like I left my curling iron at the hotel my kids lost one of their jackets. My daughter lost her earmuffs. Like we just were like making it rain junk. Like here, everyone just keep all of our stuff. So <laughs> it was brutal. The bags were less heavy on the trip back though. So that, that was nice, right? 
Oh, right, right. Oh my goodness, crazy. All right, so um, I think I think people have gotten a, a decent picture of uh, you and your life and how you travel. Let's uh, round it out here with three fun facts that people wouldn't expect about you. Three things that would be kind of a surprise to our listeners. I feel like I'm so such an open person about everything that like everyone knows like all my deepest darkest secrets and all my preferences. Like everyone knows, I love like Coke Zero. Or just like some of the different adventures I've done or that I travel with my kids. Like all, I'm very, very open. But um, so I had to think long and hard about this one. Things that I don't, I haven't really shared uh, with the general public. Um, so number one, I, um, I competitively clogged growing up. It's kind of like tap dancing, but like way cheesier. So yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Oh, that's cool. I, I, this is always a fun part of the, the episode for me because I've known you for several years, but that's the that's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, it's very very exciting. Like we're talking like we I lived in Arizona and like I went to like clogging boot camps and yeah, it was like a big deal. I truly truly so hope I that there's video of this somewhere that I will someday get to see. Well, I don't like to brag too much, but. When I was in sixth grade in Arizona, we had a talent show and I went to a huge elementary school and we had to try out for the talent show and they were very selective and I got chosen to perform one of my clogging routines and there is video evidence of it. So. That's amazing. So I'll have to try and find a clip of it for you. <laughs> oh, good times. So yeah, clogging is one. All right. Okay, so number two, this is one that not a lot of people know about me either, but um okay. Delphi do you live in Olafa Telephone? That would <laughs> I just asked you if you knew that I spoke fluent goose goose Latin. No. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, it's like a very uh, not many people speak it. My sister and I speak it at family gatherings and everyone loves it so much. Just kidding, they hate it. They get so angry, but yeah, so I um, speak Goose Latin. Really helped me out a lot in my travels. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that it would. Okay. You'd... I've actually never met anyone else that speaks it. So if you speak it, like, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost afraid to hear what the third one is here. Um, To be honest, I put so much thought into the first two. I can't really think of, like, a surprising... Oh, well, I mean, everyone probably... Because I've been with the group for two and a half years, right? So most people probably know this, but it does still surprise a lot of people. I'm, I've actually like really struggled with a fear of flying um, for as long as I can remember. Um, like full on meltdown, hysterical crying on airplanes, we're going to die things. And I, I started working with the most incredible therapist um, who specializes in fear of flying back in, gosh, I think we started in like February. And um I took six or seven flights after that, and I didn't melt down a single time. Um, I mean, I still don't, like, love flying. I'm like, yay, I get to fly today. It's my favorite. But, yeah, it was a really incredible experience, and I'm so happy with, um, you know, the skills that he's taught me and everything. But, yeah, my whole entire life from the time I was little, and I didn't fly that much, like, I remember being absolutely terrified of flying. And that's really interesting, um, especially for people who, who hadn't heard that about you, because you, you fly a lot for someone who's terrified of yeah. flying. 
you you just kind of take it and accept it. That's what you have to do to get there and and get past it. Because the what happens on the ground once you get there at your destination is is more important to you and helps you to overcome that fear and and get through it. Which is is a very yeah. a tough thing to do. And I was when I first heard that you were terrified of flying, I was like, wait, well, that doesn't make sense. But you fly everywhere. I've seen you. Yeah. I've seen you at airports and. So it's it's great to hear that uh, that you're starting to get that fear under control and and not letting it bother you as much when you fly now and uh, hopefully that continues to get better and better. Yeah, yeah, and I um I was trying to be really open about my experiences and how um like if you actually go back and like look on my Facebook page and stuff, I mean you'll find so many posts where I'm like, oh crap, like hearts pounding, sweaty palms, must be getting ready to fly today. And like, there were so many times um, I would message like friends who fly a lot and stuff. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like it's so bumpy. I'm so scared and I'm hysterical right now. Um, my best friend that I travel with quite often when we, we went to Iceland together and I remember just melting down and she was like patting my back and she's like, what, what are you afraid of? And I was like, I just, it's so bumpy and I just really think we're going to die. And she was like, I don't, I don't think we are like, it's really not that bad. And I was like, this isn't bad. What? But I just try and be open about it because I want people to realize like that it's actually a very normal thing. A lot of people are very afraid of flying, um, but you don't have to like, let it hold you back. And then, you know, just my whole journey of like going through therapy and stuff and how much it's helped. Like there, you do have hope that you don't have to feel like you're going to die, literally die every time you hop on an airplane. Like I've had flights where the flight attendant had to sit in the aisle and hold my hand while I hyperventilated because I was just like, so sure we were going to die. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, I can't even imagine going through that. So yeah. good. I absolutely good for you for, for sticking to it and continuing oh, to fly with please. that. But like I said, it's, it's, it's glad I'm glad to see that uh, that's starting to get a little bit better for yeah, you. For sure. Thank you so much. So let's, Let's finish out here with how people can find you if they are looking to find you personally, social media, Instagram, Facebook, wherever they should find you. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I have a little blog that I update when we travel. Uh, It's just a lot easier than, um, I don't know, it just a lot of people want to see what we're doing and stuff. So when I travel, um, and I guess I think you can probably link it or write down the name or whatever, but it's called nachos cone huevos so literally means chips with eggs kind of a funny story I have terrible Spanish and I um wanted just I wanted chips with beans on it and we were in Guatemala and I kept getting the word bean frijoles and huevos eggs mixed up and I ended up ordering nachos with eggs on and the waitress I thought she was so rude because she kept looking at me like I was an idiot I was like just bring me my nachos con huevos please and then she did like it was scrambled eggs on top of my chips but so I named my that's amazing that she actually brought it to you right, right I was like no cheese nothing else just eggs and chips and she was just like Oh, whatever. So she was like, that's not a thing. You're crazy. (laughs) So I ended up naming my blog Nachos Con Huevos, um, just just to kind of like represent all of our crazy experiences. And um, so I do that a little bit. And then I mostly um, I do a lot of Instagram. So it's just my name, Tony Southam. But yeah, that's that's about it. Nothing too special. And obviously, if you ever have any questions, you can find me 
in the group. So I love answering questions. Yeah, and people can find you there or check out the blog and we'll link up to all that in our show notes. Cool. But uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to get together and record with me today. I just got back from a trip and realized I had a podcast episode due today. So I, I shot a quick note out to my moderators and you volunteered quickly to uh, get this done within a couple hours. So Uh, Thank you so much for that. And thank you for being here on the show with us. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tony Perkins, one of our awesome moderators in our Facebook groups. She does a lot of work over there to make sure that those groups keep running the way that they should. So if you ever have the chance to meet her in person, be sure to say thank you. If you liked what you heard on the Award Travel 101 podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you can get each of our episodes as it comes out. Also, tell your friends and family about the show so that they can subscribe too. Finally, on your favorite listening platform, please stop by and leave us a rating or review. That'll help others find our show. Until next time, safe travels, and we hope to see you out there traveling the world.